guys, welcome back to another episode of my point of view with me, Camila. Hello everybody, welcome back to my point of view, a lifestyle career-based podcast that shows you that life is easier if you consider things from a different point of view. I am not even going to try to be here for a very long time because it's not worth it because this episode is pretty long, but it's jam-packed with so much amazingness information value whoa 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 i just finished recording this episode and i started recording this into this intro and i'm just i'm blown away i am just i yeah i don't have the words to explain how my blown away i am right now by this conversation i am so thankful to have this podcast and to be able to have these conversations and I got like this whole like emotional I got very emotional and like oh my god I'm thankful and it, yeah everything is just insane I'm very thankful for my past self for creating this podcast for me to be able to be here right now with this amount of information with this amount of gratefulness okay I don't even know if that's a word but today's episode it's a very exciting one. This episode is all about human design. I know, I know. I don't know if you're into human design or maybe you are, maybe you're not. Um, I know astrology sometimes is bigger than what human design is, but I feel like human design just makes so much sense, um, especially after recording this podcast. I feel like human design, what it does, and you're going to hear it way better from my guest today, but it kind of mixes and intertwines a lot of different belief systems. And I feel like that's the best belief system because sometimes we stay with just one um, and it's never just one, you know, it's never, it's never just one. And we all need, yeah, we all need every single one of them all. Yeah, did that make any sense? I hope. But today's guests are Dana and Shayna from Day Luna. So Dana and Shayna specialize in guiding their clients on individual life purpose, career, and soul entrepreneurship. They met in college, they became best friends, and since then, um, they have had, they have basically lived their lives together, and they have had a bunch of experience, and they discovered the sign of the science of human design together while going through different transitions in their lives basically their Saturn returns if you know anything about astrology you know what your Saturn return is if you don't don't worry um but basically there were a lot of transitions in their life and they discovered human design together and yeah they tell the story about how they got into human design but I mean is amazing they have curated tools that allow you to focus on the highest vibration impulse they are amazing the energy they have is amazing they explain everything so like clear and easy to understand of course they give a lot of examples with my chart because if we give all the examples and all the types we'll be here for like 85 hours so we basically i basically send them my birth time and they use their own charts and my chart to kind of give examples and for people to understand everything so yeah i mean whoa whoa you need to listen to this you need before listening to this you need to while i'm doing this intro i'm gonna let you a few minutes a few seconds to go to the link that's on the show notes that i'm gonna put for you to get your human design chart and after that you're gonna open it on the side and you're gonna listen to this episode with your chart on the side and you're gonna learn so many things so many things about yourself and how to 
live i feel like we're all always like oh my god i i i want to be authentically myself and i want to live my life being authentically me and all of these things but human design actually explains us and let us know how can we become that authentic higher self and my mind is blown so i'm just gonna shut up and i'm gonna leave you with the episode because there's so much value and information that i just don't need to be talking anymore Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of My Point of View. Today I have two very exciting guests. Hi girls. Hi, thanks for having us. Thank you so much for coming on. So do you want to give a little bit of our introduction for the people that may not know who you are? Sure, yeah. So we are Dana and Shayna from Dayluna and we are we specialize in human design. So Human design is a um, modality that combines a bunch of different modalities, but it basically tells you how your energy is designed to operate in the world. And we specialize in helping people find their life purpose and learn their gifts and really understand practical ways to honor their energy every single day and implement a daily practice to live more authentically and in alignment with their purpose. Yeah, well, I'm so excited to talk about that. But before I I do this segment with every guest, just to get the conversation started, I basically ask them, how are they really doing? So how are you really doing, girls, this week? Wow, I love this question because how are you doing is different than how are you really doing. So I love it. And, you know, I would say that right now there's a lot going on in our personal lives. It's just kind of a big uh, season of transition where things are changing and shifting and Shayna's getting married soon. So our whole uh, life is really busy and fast paced and kind of a little bit chaotic. So we've been really focusing on allowing and surrendering and just being present and not, you know, speaking for myself, I've really been focusing on letting things go and not needing to be perfect, but just focusing as much as I can to just show up and be myself and be present in that moment. And that is the best that I can do in each moment. What about you, Shana? Yeah, I think you nailed it. That's yeah. exactly how I'm feeling. And just hearing you say those words back, it's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, that is exactly what I need to keep reminding myself during this time. And I think collectively we're all kind of feeling in a pressure cooker right now and things are chaotic and busy and unknown. Mm. So I think for us, it's just kind of surrendering and not having to have the control or have everything figured out, but to just yeah. go in along, along with the ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. I feel like now that everything is going back to quote unquote normal, because I feel like 2019 will never be 2021. Like every year is going to be different from now on, but you feel the pressure to go back to the old days. And it's like, oh my God, what should I do? And it's just a whole thing. But for example, for me, it was implementing my quarantine podcast to like my day-to-day life podcast it was like whoa I actually need to schedule this and actually plan this and actually kind of think how am I going to incorporate this into like my everyday social life because I used to do it on the weekend so I still go to school I have I have like a couple months left of college so yeah I have a lot of things going on so I totally relate to what you're feeling (laughs) but to get started with the episode I first want to ask you how do you to got into human design and how did you decide to kind of start a business around it? Because yeah, it's very interesting. I think the story. 
Yeah. So Shane and I have been best friends uh, for a really long time, for over a decade. We met in college and we're college roommates. And, you know, through all of those years of being young and living in LA together and being roommates and having different boyfriends and jobs and just kind of, you know, living that young 20s life together as best friends. And, you know, after we graduated college, each of us went on and got a regular job and a normal corporate career path. And, you know, we felt like we checked all the boxes, you know, went to college, graduated, got the job. We felt like we were doing everything right as far as society's standards of what we should be doing to be happy and successful. But when we turned about 26, 27, we both had this feeling of like, something is missing. This the is Saturn not returns if you yes, are into exactly. astrology. <laughs> I actually got, I realized, like, exactly. I don't know if you follow Stock Alice um, on Instagram, I she posted like a generator of your Saturn return, and you kind of have like the dates where it will happen or happened for you. So it's very interesting when that time comes for me. <laughs> yes. Definitely. Yeah. It was such a huge catalyst in our life. You know, it was like clockwork, you know, you're doing your thing, everything's fine. And then your Saturn return comes. And it's just this feeling of like something I'm doing is out of alignment. It's not the real me. And we both had this feeling of like, I'm working so hard and I feel exhausted. And I feel like I'm not really getting to use my full self, like my true gifts and my job. So we almost was this feeling of living a double life. You're yourself at this work life where you're kind of playing this role and then you go home and you're exhausted and then you can be your true self. Then you can be spiritual and into tarot cards and yoga and astrology and all of those things. So we both kind of had this experience separately, but together as best friends. And in that space, in the beginning of our Saturn return, we both just had this feeling that something was missing. So we kind of went seeking down a spiritual path, learning more about astrology, learning more about the way that our energy works. And in that process, we discovered human design. And when we looked up our human design charts, we discovered that we are the same energy type. We are both projectors and we wow. are both two four projectors. Yeah. So that was a huge light bulb moment for us. It was honestly, it was like when we discovered that we are both two four projectors everything in our life made sense. It all clicked. It made sense why we felt like we were exhausted from working and why we felt like we didn't fit in there, why we felt like we weren't really being appreciated for our full self in our job life. And, and what you were feeling at the same time, I feel like that's so interesting. And also yeah. why you, maybe you guys clicked so like good in college and became best friends. Wow, that's amazing. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. Because we have so much in common in the way that our energy works. Even though on the surface, you know, we also have a lot of polarizations in our personality. We have a lot of differences where we're almost opposites in certain ways, but the way that our energy operates is the same. So we had this feeling of like, you get me. And we're having a similar experience as we move through the world. So once we got into human design, we discovered uh, that we wanted to really dive into experimenting with it. So something we love about human design is it's not just a modality for you to read about and reflect on. It's actually a modality that you can practice they have these strategies for each of the energy types that you can put into practice and experiment with and then observe what changes in your life. So we both decided that we were going to choose a month. And for every moment of every day in that month, we were going to live our human design. Mm -hmm. And in that time, things kind of radically changed. And Shana, you want to talk about the rest? Yeah. So we, we basically, we got invited on to a, a retreat in Costa Rica and we went there just completely being present for that retreat. And 
in that time, people started asking us about human design and it kind of turned into us giving human design readings to every single person <laughs> at this retreat. And uh, that would be me. I, every time I know someone that knows anything about any like personality test or things like that, I'm just like, can you read my birth chart, please? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. And that's what it was. And we were loving it. And it just felt like the biggest, um, easiest invitation ever. Right. Mm -hmm. So we were doing these human design readings and we left that retreat with like several clients and people mm -hmm. placing orders for these boxes that we hadn't even created yet. Um, <laughs> we had just conceptualized, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you could get you know, your human design chart explained with some items that really help support you in living your design. And each box was different for each person. We had talked mm. about that, but we hadn't ever made it. So then leaving this retreat with orders, we were like, okay, shit, we got to go start <laughs> a business, I guess. And we, you know, started our business and gave our month's notice at our jobs and just decided we have been living our design every single day for a few months and it's opened up so much for us already that if we just follow our design in this, it doesn't have to be scary. It can just be this giant trust fall and just go with it. So we dove headfirst into doing it and teaching it and learning more and more and more and more every single day. So it's kind of just took off from there. But our the big, I guess, cornerstone of our business and of our lives is living our human design. So every business decision we make is with our strategy and authority. And so for those of you listening who don't know what that is, your strategy basically tells you how you're designed to move throughout the world and interact with other people's energy. And mm -hmm. your authority is the decision-making center in your body. So we're really conditioned that we have to make decisions with our mind and everything has to be very logical and thought out. And human design really reframes that, um, that your mind is here to observe and process and analyze, and, but it's not here to make your decisions. Your body's here to do that for you. And each person has a different way of making decisions with their body. So making decisions with your authority and moving throughout life with your strategy is really the biggest game changer we've ever found in all the different modalities we've explored. And it all starts by finding out your type. Um, yeah. So it is based off your birth time and you can type it into, you know, Jovian archive or my body graph and it'll generate this chart that will show you your type, your strategy and authority. And that's really the best place to start. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, oh my God, I have so many questions. So let me like organize my mind, <laughs> but <laughs> Uh, like, I feel like human design, I found human design at an exact time where I had find like meditation and Kundalini breath work. And I started researching more about like chakras and astrology and it all just kind of makes sense. I was like, wow, this makes so much sense. Um, but to start from the baseline, like the important part where everyone goes to like your type, what means to your type and what are the different types that there can be in human design? Yeah. So as we mentioned, we recommend going to one of those websites, putting in your birth time. And it is important that you have your precise and exact birth time. If it's even a few minutes off, you can get an incorrect chart. But once you generate your chart, you'll see right on the top of your chart, it says type. Mm 
And you're either a manifester, a generator, a manifesting generator, a projector, or a reflector. So there are these five different energy types. And what it really means, an energy type, it's talking about your aura, the way your energy moves outside of your body and interacts with the world around you. So because of these five different aura types, you are someone who is really designed to operate in a very different way than other people. So human design is, in the end, the science of differentiation. It shows you how you are unique, how you might be completely different than your mom or your sister or someone that you work with, and you may operate in a completely different way because you have this different aura type. So let's start with the type of manifestors. Manifestors are somewhat rare at less than 10% of the population. And manifestors have an aura that is really powerful and impactful, but it also is very hard to read. It has a closed kind of energy within this aura. So manifestors are people who are really here to innovate, to start new things, to be catalysts of change in the world. And they're very powerful and impactful and can get things off the ground really easily but they do not have consistent energy to then work on the things that they've started or work on the things they've created. So they're really here to innovate and to start, but then to allow other people to come in and be their team members in seeing these things through to completion. And because manifestors are so powerful, but they have this kind of closed aura, it's important that they use their strategy of informing. So what it means for them to inform is to simply tell people what they're thinking, feeling, wanting to do, what they're envisioning, because people really cannot read them the way they can read other people in this very subconscious way. So once a manifestor starts informing, it makes them so much it makes it so much easier for them to move through the world without resistance, without people trying to stop them or control them. Um, the next type that I want to talk about is generators. And this is me, what you are, that's Camilla. Me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I knew before we looked up your chart just from meeting you, I'm like, I feel like she's a generator because generators, yeah, because generators have the most lovely and beautiful aura to be around. They're very, Mm -hmm. you feel included by their presence. They have a warmth to them. So uh, generators make up about 37% of the population. So they're one of the more common types. And what it means to be a generator is you have, first of all, this aura that feels open and warm. So people love being around generators. They just have this kind of like openness to them that feels really cozy and comforting and connective. Um, But generators have a defined sacral chakra. So this is really significant. This means that they have this consistent source of creative energy. And they're really here in this lifetime to use that creative energy doing things that they want to do. So it's so important for them to be connected to their desires, to be connected to the things that really light them up and make them feel creative and and bring that energy, that life force energy into their body. So when a generator is not doing what they love and they're forced to sacrifice themselves and put their heads down and just work a normal job, they can do it because they have enough energy, but over time they just feel so dissatisfied and over time they can really get burnt out and this powerful energy that they have is no longer available to them. So it's so important for generators to be doing what they love and to be using their energy how they want to. And the way that they find those things is by practicing this strategy called responding. So what it means is that as a generator, you are like a magnet. Life is bringing you opportunities and inspirations. And when that thing comes in front of you, it's important for you to check in with your body and ask yourself, like, did my body respond to this with energy, with excitement, with creativity? Like, I want to do this thing. I want to engage with it. So 
life kind of teaches generators that you need to seek things and you need to look for that five-year plan and that you need to figure out where you're going. But really you are this magnet and life brings you the opportunities. It's just your job to check in with your body and to say, did my body actually respond to this thing with excitement? So how does it feel just hearing a little bit about your type as a generator? It's crazy because actually at the beginning of this year, I was like about to start my last year of school. I was like in my head, I was like, I'm going to find a normal office job, whatever. And then I found kind of like my space into starting to freelance content creation and a lot of, and I just found myself through that. And I found all of the, that you said, like creativity and stuff. And it wasn't that I looked for it. It kind of more like came to me um so like it just clicks everything that you're saying and mm. I'm just so much happier than what I was a year ago thinking that I would go into like a normal quote-unquote office nine-to-five job I feel like I always had this place in myself to be creative and have creativity and I always thought that creativeness well, creativity was like drawing and I'm so bad at drawing um, but I feel like when I found my space in like social media content creation graphic design I was like okay this is what I enjoy this is what I love and yeah I mean it makes it makes all the sense I'm just like blown away <laughs> yeah amazing I'm so happy to hear that and I also you know, see it in my mom for example she's a, sorry so she's also a generator mm -hmm. and she has been working normal jobs and then she was like more of a stay-at-home mom and then she um, this past year opened her own small business where she's more creative and she sells home decor and all that and I, it just makes sense I see her in herself when she does that so it makes a lot of sense also that yeah and it's it's really beautiful to see generators who are actually getting to do what they love getting to do the things that light them up because when they do that they are these generators of life force energy. So you make this life force energy that just kind of spills out of your being and it inspires other people and it feeds other people. So everyone is kind of needing to be around generators who are doing what they love. And of course, society teaches us that it's irresponsible to follow our passions and our desires. It's irresponsible to just let life bring you opportunities. We're so taught to believe that we really have to kind of sacrifice ourselves. And when generators do that, they lose that energy within them and they're no longer giving that to other people. Um, so that's kind of a great shift that generators can make is really asking themselves, like, am I genuinely satisfied with how I'm using my energy? Am I doing what I want to be doing? And if not, how can I start clearing out that space and just tuning into my body more, not my mind about what excites me, what gives me that creative energy? And yeah. the next type I want to talk about is manifesting generators. So manifesting generators are about 33% of the type. So also one of the more yeah. common types. And they are a hybrid of these first two types we just talked about. They are a hybrid of manifester and generator, but they are in the end their own type as a manifesting generator. And we like to call them man gens for short. So <laughs> yeah. man gens, man gens are also have this creative energy and they're here to use their energy every day, doing things that they want to do, doing things that are fun for them, that are exciting, that are satisfying. Um, but they also have this kind of manifesting side of them that moves really quickly and is really innovative and powerful. And so man gens, uh, oftentimes it's a good fit for them to have a career path or be able to use their energy in very diverse and variety of ways. So if they just have one job and they're doing the same thing every day and yeah. it's monotonous, it's really not a good fit for their energy. 
And what is a better fit is having two separate jobs or they're using their energy in different ways or every day they're solving new problems or going to new locations. They really need that variety. Um, And they also are here to move through life with the strategy of responding. So they also are these magnets and life kind of brings the opportunities to them. They don't need to seek what's next, but they can really get ahead of themselves because mangens are people who are efficient. They're constantly thinking like, what's next? What's next? How can I, you know, figure out what I'm going to be doing tomorrow or next year or five years from now? And that future tripping can really lead them out of alignment. And instead, if they can be present and let life kind of come to them a little bit and then really listen to their body to say, what is my body excited about? What is my body responding to? Those are the things that I'm here to use my energy towards. That's really when they find uh, alignment and that feeling of satisfaction. Mm-hmm. And the next type is projectors, which is the type that Shana and I both are. And projectors are one of the more rare types at under 20% of the population. And yeah. projectors are people who are here to guide. And they have this aura that is penetrating and focused. So they are literally designed to see into other people. They're designed to see into systems. They're designed to see life in a different way than other people. Because of this unique ability to see, they have this unique insight and this unique ability to be able to guide other people towards authenticity and alignment and efficiency. So projectors It makes are really so much sense. Here. Sorry, what you do, girls. Like, I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, of course. <laughs> yeah, totally. And, you know, projectors are not here. Of course, projectors can be creative, right? Any of the types can be creative. But in the end, projectors are not here to use their energy every day the way a generator is. Projectors are non-energy beings is the term we have in human design. And what that means is that they have this undefined sacral center. So they have an inconsistent energy. And sometimes they have energy to work on things, especially if they're around other people. They can kind of take in other people's energy and use it like fuel. But in their own life with their own energy, uh, they're really only designed to work for about three hours a day. And if they're working the eight hours a day, like we're taught to in our normal job, it's really unsustainable for them. And over time, they can get extremely burnt out because instead they're really designed to be efficient and work for just those three hours and be able to guide people, teach people ideas, show people the way that they can become more aligned, efficient, and authentic. And that's really what they're here to do. So, you know, when Shane and I discovered that we were projectors, we were both working these traditional jobs where we were working eight hours a day, you know, five days a week, sometimes overtime, and we were just exhausted. And we just thought that it was because something was wrong with us. You know, we thought everyone else can do this and they're doing it just fine. And we're the only ones who just can't hang. And we really put a lot of judgment on ourselves. And once we discovered, oh, we're projectors, like we are not designed to have this consistent energy. We're only designed to work three hours a day. Everything shifted for us. But still in the beginning, it was like, how? How could you possibly do that? Like, how do you make that work for you in your life? And the way that especially on like the system that we live in, I feel like if society was built on human design, it would be way easier to kind of adapt yourself. But since we all live in like, I feel like the nine to five lifestyle is really hard to kind of put yourself in a box like that, you know? Yeah, definitely. And for projectors, you know, the, their strategy, the way that they can really move through life and create this life for themselves where they're able to guide and only work about these three hours a day is through following the strategy of waiting for the invitation. 
So projectors are here to be guides and they can really see what people need to do to make their life more aligned, more authentic, et cetera. But it's important for them to have other people come to them first. So if projectors are trying to give their advice to everyone or trying to consult people without that person wanting their advice, it can be extremely repelling. And that projector ends up wasting their energy and it wasn't received at all. And the other person can just feel really repelled by that projector. But if a projector waits and just kind of hones their own skills and gets really clear about what they're good at seeing, you know, maybe it's psychology, maybe it's this type of uh, system that people use in computer science, you know, projectors can really guide in any space, but it's important for them to focus on their own gifts and to learn more about themselves, to learn how their energy works and to turn their focus in on themselves, building themselves up, building those skills. And in that time, other people see them and recognize, hey, you're someone who really knows something. And now I'm inviting you to give me your advice. Now I'm inviting you to consult me in this way or to give me your services. And that is when the projector energy really flows with ease. And projectors are really designed to be successful um, because they're really designed to be selective in how they use their energy. So the motto for projectors is work smarter, not harder. And really be efficient, scale back, focus on your own thing, really get, become a master at whatever it is your thing is and let people come to you. And that's really how projectors kind of find that success and are able to use their energy in a more sustainable way without burning out. And then the last energy type is reflectors. Now, reflectors are extremely rare at less than 1% of the population and Yeah. So reflectors, I know we only have a handful of people in our lives that are reflectors and we love observing them because they're so unique and special. And reflectors are people who are extremely empathetic. All of their centers in their body are taking in the energy around them and they almost become the people around them, the life around them. So they're like a chameleon that mirrors back other people's energy and amplifies other people's energy. So on their own, they are someone who is designed to be very clear and open and receptive. But when they're around other people, they kind of mirror that person's energy back and amplify it. So projectors really, it depends on the environment that they're around. It depends on the people that they're around. And because they have such a great sense of empathy and such a great openness to the people around them, they're so perceptive, they really have the potential to be the most wise. And they can really discern and feel who around me is really healthy, who is using their energy correctly, who is being authentic, and who is not. And they're very sensitive. They can really feel, they like almost become, their body becomes a gauge to show them, is this person or this environment that I'm in healthy and well in all areas of life or not? And they really can be kind of our greatest teachers. We can really look to them for their wisdom about how we can change and become more authentic and more healthy as in general. So those are the five different energy types. And I know it kind of sounds like a lot when you first hear it, but for everyone listening, we really encourage you to just figure out which energy type you are. And, you know, there's lots of resources. You can come to our podcast, the Day Luna Human Design Podcast. We have an episode for each one of the types, so you can listen mm-hmm. to that. We also have videos on our website that tells you how to actually practice uh, being a reflector or being a manifesting generator. We, you know, there is kind of this daily practice besides your strategy that you can put into place where you can really start to see your life shifting and you can become more aligned with the way your energy is meant to work versus the way that we've always been taught to. Yeah. Wow, I love it. I am literally after this gonna ask everyone in my life, like, please let me know what's your time on hu- type on human design because I'm just 
I'm so curious now to know everyone. But I wanted to ask you more of like a practical question. What's the difference between looking at like the drawing, the, the human design thing that is very weird and is very or the chart? Like, is there a difference between that? And also, why are some of like I compared mine and my mom all the time, so that's why I kind of know what are some of my like little triangles blank and what are some like in color? Does that make any sense? <laughs> yeah. It does. So um, the the drawing of your chart, it, basically the whole PDF that generates is your chart. So all of the writing on the top that tells you your type and your strategy, your authority, profile, all of that's really important. And then there's mm -hmm. this image of a body with all of these different centers and some are colored in, some are white. Um, and basically those are your energy centers. So your chakra centers. Mm -hmm. And in human design, yeah. we have nine chakra centers. So mm -hmm. if they're colored in, that means that they're defined. And this is a place that has consistent energy for you, that you are mm -hmm. showing up consistently uh, with the qualities of that center every single day. And the centers that are open or white, those centers are where you are the most empathetic, where you are taking in the world around you and you still have energy there, but it's not necessarily consistent. You might, you know, if you have an undefined emotional center, you might be taking in the emotions of the people around you. And sometimes you're in a great mood because of the people you're around or you're in a bad mood because of the people you're around. And it's not consistent. Whereas if you have that center defined, you're generating your own emotions for no reason, actually, most of the time. And other people are picking up on your emotions if they're feeling an emotion, if they have that open. So it's basically just telling you where you're empathetic and where you are um, consistent and you are actually conditioning or um, giving that energy to other people. So as a generator, having a defined sacral center, that is tell that is what Dana was talking about, about having that consistent energy every single day to use and on the projects or the passions that you have in your life. And when you get to use all of that energy doing something you love, you feel that deep sense of satisfaction. Whereas if you don't get to use it doing what you love, you can feel frustrated because you have this creative energy, but it feels like it's being wasted on something you don't really care about. Um, so yeah, hopefully that answers those questions for you. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. It's just, sometimes I, I was wondering like why sometimes the drawings, it happens the same to me with like birth charts in astrology. Like they really confuse me, um, because totally. I'm just like, I need like a chart with like easy things to read too. Um, uh, but I know that people are, that are like more professional and know more than me they actually like the designs more so I just sometimes I don't know if it's better to see the drawing the chart um I always mm -hmm. feel like the chart is way easier for beginners because sometimes the drawing can feel very intimidating but I wanted to ask does human design have any relation with astrology since we were talking about it like does. Saturn returns and stuff I'm just very curious about that <laughs> Yeah, of course. And I do want to say, you know, with looking at your chart, we do recommend just reading the categories on the top at first. So reading, okay, my type is I'm a generator. My strategy is to respond. My profile is 6'2". We recommend just checking out that out because we understand that the graph with all of the numbers and centers, we understand that it's a little bit overwhelming to look at. Yeah. But something you can look for if you're looking at that overall picture of your body in that graph is you can say, okay, how many white of how many white shapes do I have? How many white centers do I have? 
that's how much I am empathetic versus how many colored in centers I have. That's how much I'm really here to be a way shower. So just by looking at that, you can kind of see an overarching view of how empathetic you are designed to be because some people are extremely empathetic. They feel so much in all of these different areas, whereas other people have a lot more definition. So they still have places where they are empathetic, but in a lot more places they're here to kind of be a way shower and to teach other people the way that they use their energy. So that's one thing that you can look at. But when it comes to human design, it is a synthesis of a bunch of different ancient modalities kind of all coming together, melding together. So the main core modality that human design is built around is actually Western astrology. So that's why you're putting in your birth time and generating your chart from your birth time. So human design takes the time that you were born And whatever the energy is at that moment in the cosmos kind of imprints into your body and creates your personality. It also generates for you your design date, which is about three months approximately before you're born. And that's the moment in time where your unconscious side of your energy is imprinted into your being. So if you're looking at your chart, you can see some of the gates are black. And those are the ones that are from your birthday and from your personality. These are gifts that you have that are conscious, that you're aware of. And then there are the red gates that are coming from your design date, which is about three months before you're born. These are your gifts that you have that are unconscious. So it is really interesting. You're looking at your astrology in these gates. um, And the gates actually come from an ancient Chinese system called the I Ching, there's also the, the channels and gates that go, the lines that go in between the centers. That's coming from the Tree of Life in Kabbalah. And then all of the centers in between is coming from the Hindu Brahmin chakra system. So it's all of these different truths from these different ancient systems kind of coming together in one synthesis. There's also kind of some biochemistry, quantum mechanics, and genetics really mixed into this system. So that's something that is so fascinating about human design is it is astrology, but it's also connecting why our astrology is connected to our genes and to our DNA and how there are these human characteristics that are connected to our DNA and to the astrology. And it's kind of telling you how that energy works. So this is something that I thought was so fascinating when I first discovered human design, because I had been curious about astrology for a long time, but I kind of thought of it as something that was not very scientific. Instead, I thought of it as something that's just very spiritual. You kind of have to believe in it or not believe in it, but there's no real like rhyme or reason. And human design really offers the more scientific Uh, side of how this energy works, how the astrology affects your personality. And um, really the main essence of it is that from all of the different stars in the universe, the stars are creating this subatomic particle called a neutrino. So they have this nickname for these neutrinos. They call it the breath of the stars. There are these little tiny particles that are coming out of all of the stars, including our sun. And this is how consciousness moves through the universe. So these neutrinos are life force energy, consciousness, and as they move through the universe, they get filtered through our planets in our solar system. So, you know, your Jupiter and your Mercury and your Venus, these these neutrino streams are getting filtered through. And when they imprint on your being, the moment that you're born, they have a uniqueness because of where the planets were at the time that you're born. And this is how you get your unique personality that stays with you for the rest of your life. So there's all of these really like spirit science kind of cool things coming together with human design. It's just so fascinating. Yeah. 
And I feel like that's the best thing about human design that it mixes a lot of things because I feel like sometimes some like personality, I don't know if I don't know what to call them, but like astrology and stuff sometimes it's like one thing. And I feel like always the best thing is like with religion. I feel like sometimes the best thing you can do is kind of create your own and what you believe in instead of just subscribing to one. And that's what I like about human design. What you said is like it mixes a bunch of belief systems into one. And I feel like that's the coolest part. But now going back to Absolutely. the chart, what's like after your type, what's kind of like the second thing that you can look to to kind of understand yourself more? Yeah, so after your type and strategy, which Dana described each one so perfectly, um, then it, it moves a little bit deeper into your authority. And that's how you make decisions. So um, with human design, you know, these it starts with these archetypes, these these types that Dana laid out, but then it gets so much deeper and deeper and deeper and differentiated. So human design is the science of differentiation. So it's really telling you how you are unique and how you are different from the person next to you or from anyone else in the world. So it really does get so incredibly specific. And it starts with your type, your strategy, then it's your authority, how you make decisions. And then it gets into your profile, which is your personality archetype. And then it gets into all of your centers, how you're empathetic or how you're a way shower. And then your channels, which are your energetic gifts that you're here to lean into in everything that you do. And then even deeper into your gates and your cross of incarnation, which is your life purpose. So it goes really deep. And that's one of the things that we love about it. But when we're talking about, you know, some of the basics and we're talking about how you make decisions with your authority. This is huge, right? Because nothing yeah. ever tells you really how do you make decisions that are energetically correct for you, right? It tells you how to mentally understand maybe yourself through Myers-Briggs or through astrology, but it doesn't tell you, okay, when you have a big life decision, this is how you make it, right? Mm -hmm. So there's eight different authorities in human design and depending on your type and the centers that you have defined you can have certain a certain one and you have um emotional authority camila so it that one is all about taking your time to make big decisions and the reason why is because you create an emotional wave where sometimes you are high for no reason you're feeling great and then sometimes you're low for no reason and you're just feeling kind of um, out of it or off a little bit. And mm -hmm. your emotions are here to color how you're seeing and experiencing the world, but they're not necessarily your truth. So if somebody asks you, do you want to quit your job or do you want to start this project with me? And it's a big decision in that moment, your emotions might be coloring your emotion, uh, your truth. So if you're in a high, you're going to be like, hell yeah, I want to, I'm so excited. But then a few days go by and you're like, why did I say that? That's not actually what I want. And the, the vice versa is true. If you're in a low, you're yeah. going to be like, no, I, that doesn't sound good to me right now. And that's not your truth either. So your mm -hmm. authority is really asking you to give yourself some time before making big decisions to really feel out your emotions and come to neutral. And then from that place, ask yourself, will this make me happy? And mm -hmm. If you feel from neutral, when you picture that thing, like, I just feel happy. This is a yes for me. That is your answer. And if it's mm -hmm. anything less than that, it's a no or a yeah. no for now. 
So this is really different than what we're taught with making decisions. <laughs> yeah. And this is just 100%. one example. <laughs> exactly. And I'm sure you can think back on times in your life where you made a fast decision and then you regret it because it's actually not what you want to do. So many, so many. Like while you were talking, I was like, one, two, three, four. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah exactly and all of the authorities are different so Dana also has emotional authority same as you but I have self-project self-projected authority so mine is all about having to talk and hear my truth come out of my mm -hmm. mouth so when I'm thinking about something my thoughts are just kind of all over the place they're not consistent it's hard to understand it's murky but then when I speak I'm actually yeah. able to understand what it is that I'm wanting to do And yeah. only after hearing myself, how excited I sound in my voice or how unexcited I sound in my voice or soundboarding and talking to a friend and they can tell me, you're saying that you want to do this, but you sound like you don't actually want to do this. And then I can say like, oh, you're right. I didn't realize that. And yeah. actually, as I'm talking more and more and more, now I know what I want to do. So They're all different. Some people have, you know, to make a gut decision in the moment. Some people are really trusting their instincts, what just feels right in this moment. Um, some people are asking, how does this affect me? And how does this benefit me personally? Having this sense of enlightened selfishness, if you will. Um, that's actually what's in the best interest of everyone involved is for you to make decisions in alignment uh, for you. So that's true with all of the different authorities. And human design is really... Uh, an experiment in showing you that when you make decisions that are energetically correct for you, it not only benefits you, but it benefits everybody else around you because you are in alignment, you are happy, you are authentic, and you're being able to use your energy in a way that serves everybody else too. Yeah, I love that. Wow, I find it so amazing that we get to see what we need to like be aware of while, while making decisions with the human design chart I feel like it's so key to everything we do in life I feel like I always believe that life is like a huge amount of decisions that you need to make every single day every single minute um so the fact that we get to know where what we need to be aware of and how we get to make those decisions is so amazing but After the authority, what's like the next thing that goes deeper? Is it like an order or you can just go wherever? Yeah, yeah. We really like to follow an order, starting with the more broad um, hmm. categories and then getting into the really nitty gritty details. Just because, you know, there can be many 2-4 projectors. Like Dana and I are both 2-4 projectors. Just like you probably know people who are 6-2 generators, right? Mm -hmm. It starts broad and it gets narrow. So yeah. um, the next thing would be your profile, which is being a 6-2 for you, um, being a 2-4 for us. And this is talking about your personality archetype. So there's two numbers. And the first one is your conscious side of your personality. And the second one is your unconscious side of your personality. And the numbers have... There, I mean, we could talk about profiles forever. The numbers have different meanings. Um, so Dana, do you want to touch on just a little bit about, I guess, being a 6'2"? Yeah. So being a 6'2", it's a really interesting profile to have because 
anyone who has a six in their profiles, there's 12 different profiles. And out of those 12 different, we're only using six numbers, but you'll see them in all different orders. So anyone who has a six in their profile, so like you being a six, two, there's also people who could be a four, six or a six, three. Anyone who has this six line is someone who's really here to guide someone who's really here to be a role model and to lead. However, you have this kind of trajectory in your life path. When you're under 30, this six line really acts as what we call a three line. So when you're under 30 and you have the six in your profile, you are someone who is really here to learn through discovery. You're here to explore. You're here to try different things. And really the only way for you to be able to learn is to try it. So it's important for people with a six in their profile to know that in order to really truly know if something's right for them, they have to jump in and try it. And if they feel like, you know what, that wasn't for me, allow yourself to quit. And we have so much conditioning against that. We are so taught if you try something, it doesn't work out, you have to do it anyways. You have to finish what you started. And for anyone with a six, it's just simply not true, especially when you're under 30. So important to learn every new thing that didn't work out. Now you know something new about yourself. Now you know it who makes you so are much sense. a little bit more. It makes more. so much sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I did actually a year pre-med before entering into my major now, which is international relations. And everyone was like, oh my God, you cannot quit on your first year. You need to stay. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is not for me. Like I cannot stay here. And I was so right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So all of our, you know, your family and friends, once they know that you have this way of learning, instead they would say, oh, congratulations. I'm really happy you know now that this is not right for you. That's bringing you one step closer to knowing who you are, what is right for you. So so important for people with that six line when you're under 30 to just let yourself explore, let yourself discover as you go. And then once you turn 30, you have this really big shift that happens with this six energy where you start to really step into this role model space. It's like, you know who you are. You figured out your thing. You, you know, you know where you want to live. You know how your energy works and you're ready to start integrating all of the crazy stuff that you learned in your twenties. You're ready to start kind of applying it and teaching it to other people and really being this role model, this leader. And then when you turn 50, anyone who has the six line, you really are designed to be a leader, someone who people really look to. And Camila, in your chart, you have a lot about leadership about being someone who is supposed to teach people things and show people the way and direct people towards a better future. And in a lot of ways, you're very humble and caring and kind, but in a lot of ways, you're also really here to step up and to kind of be in the spotlight and to let people see your journey and to let that inspire them on their own journey. So anyone with a six in their profile, the best way that you help others is by leading by example walking the walk and letting people see your journey. Um, And with the two side of your personality is that the two is the hermit side. So Shane and I being two fours, we also have that this two, but in a different way than you. Mm -hmm. And this two being the hermit is the side of you that really needs your alone time, needs your space, your peace and quiet. (laughs) And the two side of you is also very creative. It's it's the side of you that kind of has things that just come naturally to you and you want to spend your energy focused on that thing, just you and your art or you and your music or you and your design, whatever it is. And um, so it's interesting. We have this polarity, right? As the sick side Mm -hmm. of you, you're really wanting to guide people. You're wanting to help people. You care about people's lives. You want to educate them and, and be kind of involved in a certain way. And with the two side of you, it's like, I love you, but I need my space. I need my alone time. I need time in nature. So does that resonate with you having those two different sides? 
so much like so much i i feel like back in 2019 pre-pandemic i used to force myself not to be alone too much because i was like no i have to be social blah 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 whatever but i always since i was little loved my alone time um mm -hmm. whatever it is that i'm doing even if it's editing my own podcast which is like my creative side hustle if you want to call it that um i enjoy it i love it the other yesterday i was so overwhelmed that i went and i sat outside in my house in a table and i just started working alone And I loved mm -hmm. it. I felt refreshed. And yeah, I always felt like I was by society, if you want to say, like it's wrong to want to be alone. And I feel like during the pandemic, we're going to learn that it's actually okay to have your alone time and social time. And I feel so recharged when I'm alone sometimes that I it makes so much sense. It makes so much sense. Yeah. And I'm really like, I feel like the role model thing kind of intimidates me to know, but it makes so much sense with everything mm -hmm. that I've done till now. And also I'm just 22, so I cannot imagine all the things that I have to learn and do now. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the big thing about our design is that we are seeing kind of the highest potential of what we came here to be in this lifetime. So when you first discover your design, something about it really resonates. Like it feels like home. It feels like I've always wanted to do that. I just didn't know it was okay. For example, I always wanted to have alone time, but I just felt like it wasn't allowed. Um, yeah. Or, you know, you have these two sides of your personality, one that's wanting to guide, one that's wanting to be alone. And we're taught that that's not okay. We're taught that you have to choose one or the other. So, so many things in your chart are really giving you permission to be yourself, but also yeah. it's showing you this path that you're here to grow into. It's showing you, you your highest potential. And at first it can feel like, how could I possibly get there? You know, when you see these gifts in your chart that can be, you know, you're here to be a guide and you have this entrepreneurial energy, it can feel a bit at first like, wow, I can't even imagine like really stepping into my potential because it's so powerful. It's so beautiful mm -hmm. to see. Um, but the good news is you don't really need to try. All you need to do is follow your strategy and authority in every moment, just being authentically yourself and making decisions that are really right for you, that are authentic for you. And in that space, you come into personal alignment. So this is really what human design is for in its essence is helping you find personal alignment of space where you're just kind of flowing with ease. And these things are just happening for you. And all of these gifts that you have, the highest potential just naturally comes to light. It's not like you have to struggle or swim upstream or climb that ladder to get to the top. It's so much more about taking the path of easing into who you really are and kind of letting your brilliance shine on its own without trying. And that's actually a pretty radical idea because we are so taught to believe yeah. that life has to be hard. And then if you want to be successful, if you want to be happy, if you want to be of service to this world, you have to work hard. You have to sacrifice yourself. You have to really try. And actually, every single person is designed to contribute in their own unique way that simply flows out of them. And it's all about training your mind so that you can get out of your own way and let yourself be the unique, brilliant person that you are and kind of stay in your own lane. And that's really where you end up living your highest potential and in a path that just feels so much more easy, so much more real for you than this way that we've kind of been taught. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I'm falling in love with human design every minute, <laughs> like more. I'm just like, wow, it makes sense. It makes sense. It makes sense. But what's next on the, on the list for you? Like, I know you have an order, so I want to follow it so we don't get like overwhelmed. 
Yeah, so after you look at your profile, the next thing that we would encourage you to look at is your centers. So this is where you're going to have to move into that chart where you're looking at that body graph. And you can Mm -hmm. see you have all of these different shapes. um, And it's kind of the shape of a human body. So this is where you can really look and see each one of these centers has a specific meaning. And so knowing if you have this center defined or undefined is really significant. And any of the places that you have undefined, that center, that shape is going to be white. And any place that you have it defined, it's going to be colored. And there are different colors, but the different colors have no significance. So you're just looking at, is it colored or is it white? So looking at all of the different white centers, these centers are extremely powerful to have awareness of because these are the places where we are empathetic where we are taking in the world around us. And you have the potential here to be very wise, very uh, compassionate and understanding of the world around you. But you also have the potential here to take in conditioning in these undefined centers, to take in pressure, to take in not self is what we call it in human design. So in, you know, for example, if you're starting with the top of your chart, you have your crown center and your ajna. So these two triangles in your head make up your mind. And having this undefined means that you are someone who can really take in other people's thought processes. You can see people's perspective. You can put yourself in people's shoes. So in the highest expression, you have a lot of wisdom and compassion about being understanding, being diplomatic, being literally open-minded being able to see how other people are seeing. And this is a a powerful gift because you are then really able to see the world in all of these different ways and you're less limited in your viewpoint, right? So it really can be such a powerful gift. The downside of this, you know, the lowest expression is taking in people's ideas and then trying to hold on to them as your own. And so people who have this, they can really feel a lot of pressure to take in other people's ideas and then conform and say, okay, if this is what this person's opinion is, I have to hold on to this opinion too forever. And this has to become my opinion too, because everyone else is so sure of what they think and what they know and what they see. I have to be sure too. But if you have this undefined, you're not designed to have one perspective forever, right? You're designed to be open-minded. You're designed to see all the perspectives. So the trouble that you can get into is when you try to act like other people and you don't understand how your own mind works. So freeing yourself from that and knowing, okay, I have an undefined open mind um, and you can have a mixture. So you can have a defined Ajna, but an undefined crown, or you can have them both undefined or you can have Mm -hmm. them both colored in or defined. So there's kind of different mixtures, but going through and learning, okay, what does the center mean? Do I have it undefined? And what can I kind of look out for here? So this is in each center, we have this theme called a not self. And having that undefined, that first top center, the crown center, the not self can be constantly worrying about and thinking about questions that don't matter. So it can be like you're you're running around trying to figure out other people's questions that don't even apply to you. And it can feel mm-hmm. a bit stressful. Like your mind is literally having anxiety and all of this pressure. And with that undefined Ajna center, the not self can be, am I trying to convince everyone that I'm sure? Am I trying to hold on to one perspective and prove that I believe it or prove that I know it? Instead, it's so much better for people who have this undefined to just be like, you know what? I see the way everyone sees it. And in this moment, I think that this is the healthiest. 
or I think that this is the most uh, beneficial for us to talk about or to look at, but really letting themselves be open. So you can kind of go through all of the different centers and you can look this up online. You can check out human design books. We also talk about these undefined centers a lot in our podcast because they're so important. Um, Mm -hmm. but you can go through all the different ones that you have undefined and check in and say, what is the not self here? Am I using the center correctly? Am I allowing myself to be flowing and empathetic here? Or am I trying to hold on to being consistent the way I'm not designed to be? Yeah. The mind thing made so much sense, especially me. I have them undefined and Mm -hmm. I... I uh, I study international relations and we always get into like political discussions, of course, very like respectfully, but sometimes I don't have my mind made on a specific like conflict or whatever. And you always feel pressure to make your mind on something or have an opinion and because everyone around me always has a very strong opinion about a specific topic. And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I literally just don't want to say something just to say it. Like, I literally just don't know where I stand. I see all the points of view, but I just don't feel like taking a stand on whatever, which makes so much sense. But one last thing I want to ask you about the chart and then I'll let you go because we've been here for a while. The definition, because I feel, I don't know, I, I saw the word single in de- my definition and it just, I just, I'm so curious of what it means. So what does it mean? <laughs> yeah. So your definition is talking about um, the centers that you have defined and how they're connected. So for you having single definition, it just means that all of the centers that are colored in for you are connected some way through the channels, the lines in between the centers. So having single definition means that you process things really quickly and you are excellent at working by yourself and working on your own. And when you get new information, you can kind of take it quickly and apply it and move on. Um, mm-hmm. So you're really independent with this energy and you're, you're great at working on your own. Um, and if you were to have, you know, split definition, that just means that you have these two areas in your body that aren't necessarily always communicating to each other because they're not connected. So when new information comes at you, it can take you just a little bit longer because you can feel like you have these two voices in your head. Like on one side, I feel like this, but on the other side, I feel like this. And after a day or so, then you kind of get on one page and then you can feel like, okay, this is how I feel, or this is, I've now processed this new information. Um, People with split definition or triple split even love. Yeah. My mom is triple, triple, what's it called? Triple split. My mom is that. Yeah. Yeah, and so is Dana. Um, And Mm -hmm. this just means that, you know, having variety in the people that you're around and the places that you're going to is actually really healthy for you because if you're just around the same person or by yourself all the time, you can feel a little stuck or stagnant or bored or even uh, trapped. And then when you go even just to the coffee shop or the grocery store or go be around people, then you can feel just this refresh of your energy and this new connection with your own truth and with the information that you're processing throughout your day. So it's just talking about, you know, how you're processing information and what is supportive for you, whether that's being in connection with other people or not. Um, Obviously, there's so many factors when it comes to 
collaboration and connecting. And if you have single definition, it doesn't mean that you have to work by yourself because I have single definition and Dana has triple split. It just is talking about, okay, when new information comes, I'm going to feel like, boom, I'm ready to make the decision. And Dana's going to feel like, okay, let me, you know, sit with this and in a few days she'll come back and you know she's gone to the store and she's been around a bunch of different communities and people and she's like okay I have this clarity I've used my authority now boom I know what I want to do so it's just talking about how you process information yeah it makes so much sense because I do freelance work on the side and I do it alone so it makes so much sense but I want to know more about the incarnation cross and the not self keynotes. I don't know if you get that on the charts that you get, but I'm really mm-hmm. interested in those both things. So what are they? And of course, give the example of mine and yours. So we don't spend like giving all of the different ones that they are, but yeah, incarnation sure. cross and not yeah. self keynotes. <laughs> yeah. So your incarnation cross is your life purpose. And this is a really big topic. It's not yeah. something that we can just sum up really quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, because it's comprised of your most powerful qualities in your chart, your sun gates and your earth gates. And it's talking about what you are, the energy you're here to be in this lifetime. Um, it's not talking about necessarily what you're here to do, but more so the overall energy. Um, and, you know, just to answer the rest of your question, you know, getting into the not self theme, that is talking about what you will experience when you are out of alignment. So as a generator, your not self theme is frustration. So when you're out of alignment, you're going to feel that sense of just being frustrated or flustered. um, And that is always a signpost to say, oh, okay, I'm out of alignment. What's actually in front of me? Can I listen to my body and not my mind? Because more often than not, you're probably doing something you should be doing instead of something you want to be doing. Um, And then you know, for projectors that not self theme is bitterness. So there's different ones Mm. for the different types. And it's just a signpost to say, Hey, you're out of alignment, come back to your truth yourself, and you'll, you'll get rid of that bitterness or that frustration. Um, But getting into your cross of incarnation, Dana, was there anything else that you wanted to add on to that? Yeah. So I just wanted to say that this is kind of like the last part of your chart that we have not yet discussed, which is your gates and your channels. And these are the qualities that make up your cross of incarnation. So if you're looking at your chart, you can see there are two columns on the right and left-hand side of your body graph. They are very intimidating. So I'm so excited that we're talking about that. (laughs) Yeah. So there's a lot going on here, but basically on these two columns, you have a list of gates a list of numbers that are then illuminated within your body graph. So it also has the planetary energy that aligns this. It also has a decimal point that gets into an even more specific thing. So for now, we're going to ignore those. But what you're really looking at is that first number in those columns. So for you, for Camila, you have 26 as one of your first numbers. And on the Mm -hmm. other side, you have gate six. So these are Mm -hmm. called gates. And gates are inherent qualities or gifts that you have consistently throughout your lifetime. So these are things that you just are. These are energetic qualities that you're here to share with the world. And every gate has both a high expression and a low expression. So the high expression is a gift that you're here to share with other people. The low expression can be a fear or a resistance that you're here to move through. 
So understanding your gates, there are 64 different gates that people can have, wow. and you can see which ones you have in the in, in these columns. And um, these gates you can kind of look into individually. You can look them up online or you can look them up in a human design book. Um, but these gates are then illuminated in your body graph, and they make these tiny little red half lines, either black or red or striped. Mm-hmm. And when you have two gates that come together and join, they make a channel. So you can see if you're looking at your body graph, anywhere where you have a full line that's red or black or striped that goes in between the two shapes and it completely goes through, that is somewhere where you have a channel. So a channel is made out of these two gates, these two qualities that you have. So your channels are also really special and important to dive into. And for anyone wanting to know more about their channels, you can see which ones you have on either side. There's a number. So Camila, if you're looking at your chart, you know, you can see that you have a channel towards the bottom on the right hand side, that's channel 19 to 49. And this channel is a gift that you have. That's all about being someone who is humanitarian in heart. You really want to make the world a better place. And you're designed to really lead in this area and guide in this area. And it's not just caring about people's basic needs the way that we've been taught. You are someone who's really able to see what are our basic needs in this moment, not just food and shelter, but also mental health and emotional health and spiritual health and connection. So you're someone who can really see what do we need as humans to be healthy and happy and thriving? And you feel driven by this. You feel like you want to guide in the space. So anything that you do or create, even if it's, for example, graphic design, it's important that you have this humanitarian quality. Like, is this thing that I'm creating, am I able to help the world have what they need and really be better within this? So if you're doing something that you feel like it distracts from that, or it's not aligned with really helping people, you're going to feel like you're missing something. Like you're not using all of your gifts really. So you, you know, you can look in your chart. Most people have a few channels um, or just one, and these are different gifts that you're really here to go on. So with that cross of incarnation, kind of going back to that, you can see that there's these four numbers. So yours is called the left angle cross of confrontation. And then the numbers are 26, 45, 6, and 36. So this is really kind of getting into the nitty gritty here, but anyone who's kind of like looking, you can look up your cross of incarnation in a book or you can look it up online. But this is really telling you because of these gates that you have, because of these qualities or gifts that you have, you have this life purpose. You have this energy that you came here to be in this lifetime. So we have this misconception that our life purpose is something that we came here to do. A lot of people come to us and they say, okay, I'm going to school to become a yoga teacher. Is that my life purpose? And that's really not how it works for us. It's so much more about the energy that you are within all of the things you do. So it doesn't have to be in your career. It can be in your relationships. It can be as a parent, but it of course can be in your career. It's in all aspects of your life. You came here to be this energy. So yours being the left angle cross of confrontation, Camila, it's really all about being someone who's here to be a leader. And in this lifetime, you came here to direct people towards a better future. And you also have this very emotional intelligence kind of sense to the way that you want to lead. You want people to actually be happy. 
You want them to actually be real, to feel themselves and to not bypass what they're feeling in this life. So this type of leadership is really wanting people to just be okay with who they are and be more accepting. So you're here to bring this energy into every project you do, into every aspect of your career, into being a parent or being in relationships with other people. You're here to kind of lead in the sense. And also you have a big energy here. The way that you want to lead is by educating people, sharing ideas, and kind of giving them the tools so that they can go off and become their own leader. So it's this very new paradigm kind of leadership where it's not like I'm telling you what to do because I'm the authority. It's like, I want you to thrive. I want you to be real. I want you to feel accepted. I want you to really love who you are. And I want to teach you tools and ideas and share ideas, share things that are going to help you on that journey. So you have all of this energy in your system and it's wanting to express itself in all of the things you do. And for you to be able to live out this life purpose, all you need to focus on is your strategy and authority. So being a generator, it's about responding, like really listening to your body, letting those opportunities come to you, trusting that you are magnetic. And when these opportunities come, it's really feeling in your body, am I energized towards this? Do I want this? Do I want to pour my energy into it? If so, this thing is right for me in this moment. And using your authority then for big decisions, like, okay, I, I responded to this thing. Now, do I want to go to school for it and get a master's? It's all about waiting out that emotional wave. When you're neutral, will this make me happy? So everyone has a different strategy and authority, but when you yeah. follow those two things, it puts you into this personal alignment where you are just aligned with this life purpose. You are aligned with this energy that you're here to share with the world. And you know everyone has such a unique life purpose. And I think it's one of the most special things that human design can offer you because yeah. I, for most people, when you hear it, it's just this, this resonance, like, of course, that's what I'm here to do. And also yeah. this feeling of like, I'm already doing it. And I can really see myself growing into it because I'm, I'm not already doing it. Like we have both of those feelings at the same time. Um, how do you feel hearing your, your cross of incarnation? I just feel, I feel so many things. One, I feel like <laughs> what you said about like the emotional intelligence and letting people like feel their feelings. I feel like I do it without even realizing, just starting my podcast, asking everyone, how are, how are they really doing? Like, That's something that I just started doing and all of a sudden it makes a lot of sense. And also I yes. feel like human design makes you feel, I feel like society sometimes makes us feel like, okay, we're just another human in this world, another number, you live, you die, that's it. And I feel like yeah. it, the human design just makes me realize how powerful I am and how powerful each and every one of us are and how we actually have like a purpose and all of that and just yeah. everything that you said about being like a leader and all of that. It makes a lot of sense because it is what I want to do in the future. I'm not there yet, but yeah, it makes just a lot of sense. But sometimes it's really like hard to admit it because you're like, okay, yeah, I would love mm -hmm. to be a leader of something, but like how, where, like, can yeah. I say it in public? Like, does that make any sense? People are going <laughs> to laugh, whatever, but it just makes me feel so powerful, everything that you're saying. And I feel, I feel like any form of like belief system especially human design makes you feel like so much more comfortable with yourself and everything just makes mm -hmm. sense that's why I love them so much and I love human design yeah. so much so yeah everything just makes a lot of sense does your incarnation yeah. cross make sense for you I feel like of course it will absolutely but, yeah. Yeah, ours were profound. When we discovered our incarnation crosses, it was one of the biggest game changers for us because it's the same feeling of like, wow, I can see myself growing into that. 
but also I can see where I'm already doing it. Like I can see where I already feel it within myself. So my incarnation cross is all about sharing and spreading ideas that I really think are going to help humanity and helping to better people and really being able to kind of like teach these ideas in a creative and fun way that's contagious and that people get excited about what I'm excited about. And Shana's is all about building a legacy that really personifies and captures her direction in life and creating something in this world that really helps people to follow in the direction that she has felt uh, has been right for her, aligned with her soul mission. So when we found that out, we just felt so validated because we had already kind of been moving towards that direction. And, you know, it's, it's important with your cross to look at a look at it in an energetic way. So when we hear the word leader, for example, it's kind of a trigger word because we think we have to be like a politician or like a CEO or whatever, but having a podcast, you are certainly a leader. You are leading, right? You are choosing the topics. You are creating the content. You are putting it out in the world. People are listening to you. You are leading. You know, even with your friend group, people coming to you for advice or coming to you for support or you sharing ideas with people that you're excited about, that is leading. So it's important to kind of be able to look at these things in a more energetic sense instead of such a literal sense because that's when we can really uh, judge ourselves or trip ourselves up. But you're absolutely right with human design. It's, It's all about accepting who you are and knowing that you have everything you need to be the impact that you're here to be in this lifetime. And we are so taught to compare ourselves to other people and to feel like it's we're never enough, that we have to constantly learn more or change ourselves to be worthy. And human design is, is showing you that you are perfect the, the way that you are, but here's how you can become the best version of you instead mm-hmm. of trying to be like someone else. So in the end, it really leads to this acceptance and this self-love and confidence. And like, I don't need to be like other people. I'm here to be me. And I'm here to serve in the way that is easy for me and fun for me. And it doesn't need to be a sacrifice. What's best for me is going to be what is best for the world. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And I love this conversation so much. But to end the episode, I'm just going to let you girls, let everyone know where they can find you and all of that, because this conversation has been incredible. My mind is completely blown. (laughs) Yeah, totally. I know we could talk about human design all day. It's like the never ending conversation that we're always having, Um, but we love it. And um, you can find more information on our website, which is daylunalife.com. You can also go to our podcast, which is the Dayluna Human Design Podcast. And you can check out our Instagram, which is at Dayluna. So we have a million different resources uh, that can help you dive into your chart, whatever way is in alignment for you, whether that's a physical item to dive in with or just dipping your toes in with listening to the podcast or video courses that really intensely take you into really honoring and understanding your design. So there's a lot of different options that we have, but you can check it all out on daylunalife.com. Perfect. Thank you again so much for coming on. This was such a great conversation. And to everyone else listening, I'll see you next week. Bye.